0: Putting soldiers first. The mission of of course is important, but if we don't take care of the soldiers, then we are not gonna meet mission.
1: Welcome to the Bluff Podcast, where you
0: get the bottom line up front and we won't waste your time.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Bluff Line. Again, I am your host, the Command Sergeant Major Juan Jimenez, and we are here to bring you another episode of some great information. Again, there has been talks of different people that we'd want to bring on to interview, uh, different subject areas you'd like to talk about, and by all means, I want to give you my number so you can reach out to me if there's something that's of interest out there that you guys would like to listen or would like to be on this show. Uh, my uh, number is 256-876-5331. All right, so here we go, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, to the Bluff Line. I, again, it is the bottom line up front, and uh, it's another means of communicating out to you guys, our listeners, and, and bringing you some, uh, some needed information especially through this pandemic finding new ways of reaching out and to me this is another way another facet to reach out to you guys and bring you some great information. Well we have another special guest on this show today and it is our very own HHC First Sergeant here at Redstone Arsenal and uh, you know I just want to thank her before she gets started I give her the mic to say a couple things as we dialogue back and forth. Just to introduce her, I'd like to say thank you to uh, First Sergeant Erica Vargas for coming on to the podcast so we can get a little bit of a perspective from a different leader. I think it's going to be a great show today with us and without further ado, I'm going to let her take the mic and say a little bit about her background.
0: All right, so Major. Well, I want to start off by thanking you for having me here today. I'm really excited to join you today. So a little bit about me. I'm actually a native of Mexico City, and I was raised in Southern California. I joined the military in July of 2002, so I've been in about 18 years now. I started my career at uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and I was basically a division baby. I stayed out there for a very long time, completed about five deployments back-to-back with a division. Um, I serve anywhere from any other brigades or division staff, also sustainment brigade and uh, JSOC. After those assignments I made my way here to Arsenal where I was assigned to Army material command for about a year and then I got offered this opportunity which I'm completely blessed and happy to be part of so and here I am. I have two daughters, a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old, so I definitely stay busy. That's about it.
1: Awesome. And I think that is great. And I tell you what, that uh, from my perspective, she is a tough leader and a great mentor to uh, to us here at Redstone Arsenal. She is uh, shouldering a big job as the HHC first sergeant. I'm sure everybody is coming to her for answers here because she does take on a big job uh, not only as a parent but also as a leader here at, and uh, I can tell you that she's uh, airborne qualified and she's got an 80-second combat patch, so I know she's she's a tough individual out there, and she's able to answer any questions you guys got for us uh, as we go through this podcast. I'm going to be asking her some questions. So by all means, what do you think, First Sergeant, your role as an HAC First Sergeant is?
0: Well, as a First Sergeant here at Redstone Arsenal, I have to provide company-level leadership. We have 18 tenant units that we support. So we provide regular company functions uh, with administrative actions, training. Uh, I assist the commander for any legal matters. Um, So a lot of the stuff that we do, it it definitely affects the the workforce here at Redstone Arsenal, Uh, specifically with anything in regards to command programs, such as uh, Army Emergency Relief uh, Program. We got... um, I think with ACFT, there's a lot of training and personnel that we need in order for, uh, for us to, to make mission and, and make sure everybody's trained up for that.
1: Awesome. Now, I, uh, I would tell you that uh, when I arrived to, to Redstone, it was a little bit of a different dynamic. And I know you had been here a little bit with the Army Material Command already, but uh, there, there's not too many soldiers, but there are some, and there's a lot of civilians that run around the, the arsenal, but uh, my hat is off to you as you continue to work with the soldiers that we do have and the dynamic of the civilian workforce. That's something that you always dealt with?
0: Not at all. I I'm used to having a, more so as company level, um, you know, being a platoon sergeant and that sort of thing. So here at Redstone, it, it was definitely a different environment, and so a lot of, we, we basically take care of all the incoming and outgoing uh, service members, and so we want to make sure we take care of them, and being that there is only, a, you know, about roughly 800 service members, we want to make sure that they feel they have the support of a, a company commander, a first sergeant, that there is a leadership out there, rather than, you know, just feeling alone in their little cubicle because they don't have those dynamics they don't have a platoon sergeant. they don't have a you know someone that maybe can be that that, that mentor or that guidance.
1: Most definite. And I would tell you that that's one of the uh, reasons I wanted to, to kick off this podcast. Not only informational, but for our soldiers that are either here on Redstone or wherever they may be stationed, can tune in and hear some information from uh, senior non-commissioned officers. A lot of times we hear uh, a lot about the officers, but I want to ensure that uh, the soldiers can also tune in to hear from their senior non-commissioned officers as well. And like you, you know, being from Fort Bragg uh, and I recently came from uh, Fort Hood, so real soldier-heavy locations to to coming over here. I always want to ensure that our soldiers that are here are being heard and also know that there are some senior NCOs here that are willing to help them out, too, uh, along with our civilian workforce. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. With, With saying that, what are you most interested in leaving your mark as a HHC First Sergeant?
0: Definitely has to do with uh, caring for others, you know, as, as a leader, as a non-commissioned officer. Um, any any civilian, uh, contractor, NCO, officer that I had to come in, uh, you know, in contact with, I want them to look back and, and say, First Sergeant Vargas took care of me. First Sergeant Vargas, uh, care for not only you know personal actions when it comes to admin and making sure their pay is correct, but also as individuals. So I definitely um, aim for that <laughs> throughout my career as well.
1: That is awesome, and I, you know, and it just really goes along the lines of being a non-commissioned officer in the United States Army. From the moment that you put on the, the uh, E5 sergeant stripes or even corporal stripes, you know, and become that leader to to now as a first sergeant and, and myself as a command sergeant major, I think the care for soldiers is really big. Yeah, I was just kind of wanting to see if there was anything as far as an NCL perspective that you would like to talk about. You know, Anything, any lessons learned that you might have uh, gotten uh, from coming up in the ranks of a sergeant all the way to a first sergeant?
0: I think I, I would stick to... Um the whole, like, we're so mission-oriented. We always try to make sure that we make things happen. But the one thing that throughout my career that I felt that it was just absolutely necessary to, to understand and just kind of live by it is putting soldiers first. The mission, of, of course, is important, but if we don't take care of the soldiers, then we're not gonna meet mission. And so with that, I would say, as a leader, I always take as a, I say emotional intelligence. Being able to not only know your soldiers and, 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 and know what their strengths and weaknesses are, but also know your own and how you uh, come across, whether it's dealing with our service members, our contractors, our DA civilians. You know, we need to make sure we know that we are fostering the correct environment to make sure we're taking care of them.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. And, and you know, I would tell you that we're not born leaders, right? I mean, we—it's a process that we learn, and it's—it's it's through making small mistakes and uh, taking different directions, and you know, learning from uh, our past leaders that shapes who we are today. So, you know, I mean, there's really no wrong answer. You know, it's—it's it's really like you said, taking care of people, taking care of soldiers, and and that's what we ultimately want to do, I feel, as non-commissioned officers to ensure, one, when we leave, we leave it better than we received it, right? Absolutely. Uh, And then also at the same token, take care of soldiers and mentor someone to take our position as we begin to move out.
0: Yes, and, and treat them as like everybody, you know, anybody can be a leader. It's not, it really is not based on just rank or position. I mean, um, you could have the high, a PFC have those attributes that are, are part of, uh, that makes a leader. And so if we respect them regardless of their rank, if they feel respected and and, and feel like they, they matter, then you can get more accomplished.
1: Yeah, that's that's really neat. And I, I want to, you know, just say thanks for the insight that you gave us and gave our listeners out there on uh, on what you think and what uh, what kind of mark you want to leave as an HAC First Sergeant or just a non-commissioned officer uh, for the United States Army. And that that is a big responsibility that you shoulder as an HAC First Sergeant. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that uh, your commander out there, just like all commanders, uh, really rely and uh, on their senior NCL to ensure that they uh, understand the pulse of an organization, understand how how things are shaping to, to ensure we look at what direction a unit needs to be going. And I think we are that person that helps drive that, that uh, motivational factor and that awareness factor for our commanders. I mean, I know you talked a little bit about physical fitness when you mentioned the ACFT uh, as you were talking about some of the duties as a first sergeant so I would tell you that as a first sergeant you guys are along with the rest of the our non our non-commissioned officers are pivotal in ensuring that our soldiers are physically fit as a first sergeant in HHC how do you see the physical fitness test now, called the ACFT, shaping out for us?
0: Well, I think it's promising. I have a lot of, of our soldiers here very interested in making sure that they are fit, that they're meeting the standards, and um, so I don't have to run around and try to convince them to do anything. They they're utmost uh, wanting to be prepared so I'm really excited for the service members here at Redstone to to score high to put that effort and and be successful with this new ACFT
1: good I mean uh, with that being said I know when we start to begin to roll the ACFT out we didn't quite have all the equipment needed to start to train but uh, as non-commissioned officers we uh, we think outside the box. We uh, make mission happen. We look at different ways to accomplish the mission. What, what do you think is one, one way or one facet that you started to use to begin to train your soldiers or yourself while the equipment was being uh, fielded out?
0: Oh um, well I I definitely changed the way I was training myself Um, and um, we do have personnel here at Redstone that are Master Fitness qualified and so a lot of the times you know they they will come together and we just try to create a plan for specific personnel that they're you know if they need to train for uh, if they have injuries you know we'll modify like their training schedule and just Different exercises that will go that we can do without having to have equipment. Pagano, and we have we have the gym here, so a lot of the stuff we do there is free free weights, uh, regular strength training, and so to meet those requirements, you don't have to have the equipment. Um, right. You can you can modify certain things, and so for me, I completely changed. Uh, I kind of started going away from running. Every single day, and, and and start implementing other things like squats. And I, I did V ups. I included the rower, the elliptical. There's so many different things you can do without having the actual equipment. And so a lot of the soldiers um, did that.
1: Right. No, I think it's it's important to know and understand that you can still train without having the actual equipment because uh, you know, as as you kind of mentioned. Uh, back in the day we used to do a lot of running it was always about running especially if you were at Fort Brad, we, we did a lot of miles and at Hood we did a lot of miles too as well uh, but uh, when we start to roll the ACFT out we had to look at different ways of uh, ensure we uh, kept our physical fitness up but also began to build some of those muscles that we didn't normally always use a lot more core style muscles like you mentioned some of the deadlifts and some of those things and uh, you know I would tell you that Going from the uh, push-ups, sit-ups, and two-mile run to now a uh, six-event ACFT, you know, which most uh, most people that are in the Army know about. But if you're not and you're a listener and, uh, you know, the, the new Army Combat Fitness Test has uh, six events now, right?
0: Yes, yeah, sir, major and and the most failed um, event is the leg tuck, specifically for females. So it's very important that you put that effort and that training time to to build your 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 upper body, your abs. You know your. To be able to to pass that um, that specific event, uh, and you know even short and small frame personnel like myself, mm-hmm. the deadlift can be a, quite a challenge. So there's a lot of those things that you know th- this ACFT you won't be able to pass it if you actually don't put the effort to 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 get where you need to be. When we used to take the APFT, I mean you can really roll out of bed and, and take this test and you'll be good to go at least meet the minimum. But with the ACFT, is it's definitely a process.
1: No, I think uh, it's like anything. Uh, a soldier's good at adapting and overcoming, and I think with this new ACFT, I mean, we just got to take that uh, that perspective on it, and we, we'll adapt and overcome. We'll train towards that goal, and you guys, uh, you know, when I'm talking about us as non-commissioned officers, First sergeants, you know, all the noncommissioned officer corps out there begins to lean into how do I... Train my soldiers in this six event. You know, one being the uh, the deadlift, and you got the standing power throw, the uh, hand release push up, the sprint and drag and carry, the leg tuck, and then the two mile run. You know, it's important to incorporate, you know, what's out there, uh, and uh, use the uh, your field manuals and regulations to help you steer uh, a good training plan.
0: Yes, sir, Major. You have a TC. Three twenty two point twenty that you can check out for any any um, ideas. Also, we have uh, you can download the ACFT app, which uh, has basic it just how to to uh, conduct an ACFT, and um, and there's also the website the army Army Combat Fitness Test that you can go in there and it gives you plans and just just the overall view of, of the ACFT.
1: No, that's awesome. And uh, you know, as, as most uh, service members know that the uh, ACFT officially became a service test of record uh, October 2020, right? Yes, sir, Major. Uh, have they Have they talked about when it will start to be an actual record uh, ACFT yet?
0: Well, the APFT is is supposed to be the record um, test until thirty one March, twenty twenty two, and so with that being said, we are looking at, at the ACFT to be the record, uh, to be actually record um, during that time frame, the same time frame. Um, for now, s- service members will. Use their current APFT for for any administrative actions such as you know NCORs or YRs um, schools, any kind of training. That is what we're we're still holding to to use.
1: And you know, first I just want to say thank you for giving us a little bit of insight of. Your background, you know, your role as an HAC first sergeant, and just some things out there as, uh, with this ACFT, some things that you have done to change, uh, to to adapt to to the new way of, of testing. You know, and, uh, you know, the rollout time for the ACFT and when uh, when it's being looked at for becoming a record for uh, for the soldiers out there. You know, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about your leadership and your perspective on leadership. You know, we mentioned earlier that, you know, we're not really born leaders. We kind of learn it's a process. I've always been told and I don't know if you share that, but I always been told as I came through the ranks, you know, you take the good stuff from different leaders and you put it in your rucks. and you take the bad stuff and you kind of toss that out. So when you get an opportunity to become a leader, you know, you've gathered all the good stuff and it allows you to shape yourself into the leader that you would want to be. And I just want to see what your perspective is as uh, as, uh, leadership is concerned.
0: Yes, sir, Major. Like I said earlier, the the whole uh, emotional intelligence or interpersonal skills, I think, goes a long ways when, when when you're dealing with your soldiers or just you know your 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 team. And with that, you know, our uh, we are supposed to influence others to to you know, we got to motivate them to accomplish the mission. And so if we provide the purpose, direction, and motivation, we'll make those things happen. And again, knowing your soldiers, you you know personalities, and knowing their family dynamics, just, just getting to know those soldiers goes a long way on itself. And so to me, leadership is being that leader that is caring, that is willing to put that extra effort to make sure that those those soldiers are taken care of, the mission it, it happens.
1: Yeah, well, you're spot on. I think that's that's pretty neat, especially coming from our own HAC First Army, the, the ability to see the perspective of your leadership and what you, your take is on it. I would tell you that it is important that we continue to talk Again, to, this is one venue to, to push out information. But it is important to talk to and reach out to young soldiers out there, young leaders that are uh, beginning to start their leadership journey, or even someone that's out there that's thinking about a career change or thinking about doing something uh, different and, and possibly even becoming a soldier in the United States Army. What, would you, what do you think you'd say or, or what made you think about being a soldier back then, 18 years ago, uh, to join the United States Army?
0: Well, sorry, Major, I can honestly tell you that when I first had thoughts about joining the military, I was actually about 10 or 11 years old, and I made it as my mission to, to join um, then my brother joined um, before me, and he seemed to, to enjoy it. Um, he thought it was quite hard. He was actually stationed at Fort Bragg himself in the 82nd, and he was telling me, don't do it, don't come in, you know, it's really tough, it's really hard. And I was like, well, you know, life is, is not always going to be easy, so I'm going to stick to my plan. And, uh, and, you know, I, when I joined, it was a culture culture shock for sure. But I, I think uh, the Army offers so many great opportunities for those soldiers or those, you know, future soldiers. And so it really is like anything else in life. You make it what it, it will be what, it, what you make it out of out of it, if that makes any sense. You know, so.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, you you shape how you want your future to be even though there's a lot of structure as a soldier in the united states army you shape how fast you progress how slow you progress you shape how how physically fit you want to be you shape how much education you want to get under your belt i mean you have that ability and i think a lot of people sometimes that are not wearing the uniform might not know that you know and uh i'm I'm grateful for your for the opportunity that you were able to reach out like that because there might be somebody out there that's thinking about joining the service and uh, you know uh, it gives them opportunity to see you know well maybe I, I'm in the same type of shoes that you were in uh, and now I can or maybe it'll help me make a decision.
0: Right, and I think the the military um, you know it's a, a great org- organization where you c- you you know you can. You can shine no matter what, what gender, race, color, none of that stuff matters. You know, it's like is how you are as an individual and, and, and the goals that you set for yourself. So, I I think that for those that want to join the military, I mean, as long as you are willing to, to put the sacrifice, you know, the sacrifice and the effort to to you know to be successful, um, you know, I think it's it's, it's a great move.
1: Right. I mean at the end of the day nothing is easy. You have to work for it. And if you're not willing to work for it, it it's it, it's not gonna come. I mean, you have to work for everything you earn, everything you're willing to go out there and reach for. Uh, in any occupation you get into. And I would tell you that here, being on Redstone, it's really given me that other perspective of seeing how hard the civilian workforce works right along with us, green suitors, to accomplish the mission. Uh, and that's to you know, continue to support, defend the Constitution of the United States. You know, and that is truly a mission that not only us green suitors uh, take on, but also the, the civilian workforce. And that's really come to light, being here at, 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 as a garrison sergeant so major uh, for Redstone. But in closing, you know, I just want to say thank you, First Sergeant, for coming on to the podcast and giving us a little insight about uh, what you do down there and your day-to-day actions and how you came to become our HAC First Sergeant. Uh, just any little closing remarks that you might have, and uh, we will close out
0: what's well, our major i want to thank you again for having me here today i really um pr- appreciate what you do for for redstone and having this podcast i think you just having the ability to reach out to other soldiers other civilians contractors out there that that um are around the workforce i think is awesome so i just want to thank you again for for that opportunity
1: all right team well thank you for uh listening in uh, and getting the first sergeant uh erica vargas perspective uh we want to thank you for uh chiming in again again reach out to me if you want to hear some uh, different uh people uh, on the podcast or different areas that you would like to talk about again stay army strong and thank you for listening in.